from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Alvin Kamara is meeting with Roger Goodell today in New York City. At some point, I assume we're going to hear what they've talked about, but it, it hasn't, at least hasn't leaked yet, which, I mean, to me, that's good news for the Saints and probably bad news for the Panthers because, you know, there's two ways to pass somebody who's ahead of you in a race. Either you speed up or they slow down. Mm-hmm. So Alvin Kamara being suspended for, I don't know, six games would be a way the Saints could slow down because they're the betting favorite to win the NFC South right now. That they are. They could slow down and then... The Panthers could pass them. Uh, I think the longer that these type of things go, the more like back and forth there is, the more negotiation there is, and the more likely that the league is to, you know, come down to four or two games for Alvin Kamara uh, when it comes to his his suspension. To keep in mind, the Saints come to Charlotte Week mm. Two Monday Night Football game. So if it if it's two or six. You're still looking at him missing that second game of the season against the Carolina Panthers. Prepare for a whole bunch of Jamal Williams, who many fell in love with on Hard Knocks last year with the Detroit Lions. Yes. He also runs for a ton of touchdowns from six six inches off the goal line. He had, I think it was 11 touchdowns from the one-yard line last year. Uh, Alvin Kamara, more explosive than that. Uh, Let's get to number four. We are the four horsemen. MLB trade deadline was yesterday. Ah, yes. Love a good trade. Uh, 80 years of Mets pitchers were traded. Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, a couple days before, (laughs) were traded. Uh, Verlander goes back to Houston. Now, do you think it's awkward? Because Verlander was a free agent this past year after winning the Cy Young for the Houston Astros and and winning a World Series. He's kind of a it's kind of a legend with the Astros. Uh, And the reports were that they didn't even like really entertain re-signing him because the price got too high and they're like, ah, go make your money. Now that he's back and the Mets are picking up a decent amount of the money, does he go like, what the heck, Astros? Why was I not worth it to you? Could be a little awkward. Max Scherzer going to the Rangers. I don't think that's awkward at all. That's them saying, we had DeGrom. He's hurt, so we need another one. Come on over. And we've got, I guess, Texas like oil money or something. I don't know where they keep printing cash with the Rangers. Uh, but but they're both out of, of, of the Mets. I said this yesterday. I'm going to say it again. I One of the things I love about Major League Baseball is they don't have a hard salary cap, and you just can't go out and buy a title. right? You just can't go spend way more than everybody else and then guarantee yourself uh, a title. And believe me, the Mets just tried. Like, they... They just tested that theory, as we have seen the Dodgers do in the past, as we have seen the Yankees do for decades at a time. You can't just go buy a title in Major League Baseball, which is which is nice to know, right? If you're not going to have the hard salary cap, you're not going to have all the the you know uh, luxury tax aprons or whatever you want to call it in in other sports, then you are going to have to make sure that the same teams with the same rich owners don't win every year, and the Mets are certainly not able to do that. Let's get to number three. One, two, three. Starting five is brought to you by Window Nation. Pac-12 finally presenting an, uh, a media deal. The commissioner finally presented the presidents and chancellors. Sounds like they're Knights of the Round Table. I know, kind of does. Presidents and chancellors of the Big 12, or sorry, Pac-12. Maybe, maybe you all, yeah. 
I yeah. see what you're doing there. Oh. Little, yes. uh, little Monty, Monty Python. Python. Uh, presidents and chancellors of the Pac-12 who might one day wish to be Big 12. Uh, here's... <laughs> I come from the land of apples. Uh, Apple TV deal. It could be a very, very interesting Petri dish for other conferences. Because this deal would be largely streaming, if not exclusively streaming. It's Apple TV, right? I don't know what channel that is on cable. Uh, so I, with everything kind of, you know, you hear rumors of ESPN looking to go direct to consumer or perhaps a streaming deal. There's, there's rumors of partners between Netflix and everybody, Hulu. They have live sports. And, and if I'm one of the other conferences, I definitely don't want to be the first to, to partner with a streaming company because right if the, the business ain't broke why why fix it and you're making so much money from terrestrial uh networks but if pack 12 if the pack 12 who by the way is not the most healthy conference right now no it's not I, far keep, from it the pack nine they're about to be they're they're losing eight. teams left and right if they go with a streaming service and it works out right because it's a largely incentive-based uh the reports are it's a largely incentive-based streaming deal with Apple TV, which means they would get paid more based on how many subscriptions are bought. If it, if it turns out well for them, that might, you know, let the SEC, the Big Ten, the ACC, or maybe even a pro league know that it's a viable option, right? Let the Pac-12 go knock down the wall and, you know, bloody themselves up, and then you walk through the hole they just made. The thing with the Pac-12, though, Pac-9, the Pac, whatever they do in terms of their media rights – Okay, if you go Apple as your primary, you still need to be somewhere available. Some package mm. of your games have to be available either over the air or on a cable channel or something along those lines because otherwise no one is going to just find you. No one's just going to casually just stumble be like, upon. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, hold on. Oregon and uh and and Washington are playing right now. Oh, okay. I'll actually I'll sit and watch that because I know those two programs. Like, oh, what color helmets are, is working wearing today, right? But I'm not going to go to app like, hey, you know what I really want right now? I want some Pac-12 football. Give me some of that Pac-tion. Give me some of that right now. Let me log on to Apple TV and see what games are being played. I'm not doing that. It's 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 a great point. The I don't know what you call it. The the I stumbled upon a game ness. Yeah, is valuable, right? And and. It's especially like early in the season, right? Because you you do find programs, and maybe I'm unusual in this, but there there are like I'll watch a game early on, and if I like the quarterback, right, he makes a couple plays that are scrappy, or I see a couple really well drawn up plays, mm-hmm. I, I become like like there's an affinity now for that team. So then when I see them on the the the, the rankings, or I see a big games coming up, I'm like, oh, I want to watch that team because I know that there's something entertaining there. If I don't have that early season experience, I won't seek you out later in the season, right? I'm, I don't have an allegiance to. Right? I, don't, I don't have a, a, a like a personal favorite in the Pac-12, really, right? But I do know Chip Kelly puts together an offense that's pretty darn entertaining, right? Like I do know Washington State is notorious for slinging the rock, right? Especially from the the, the Mike Leach Mike Leach era forward. Uh, Oregon puts together a traditionally pretty exciting game, so it's like. If I don't stumble upon those games early on when I'm just flipping through channels, I'm not going to know that I like those teams. Right? I'm not going to know they have a quarterback that I enjoy. I'm not going to know 
Gardner Minshew's playing for Washington State. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to know it, and and you need that. Uh, so I don't. I mean, for the Pac-12's health, I hope they get a different deal in place. But at least they have an option, right? At least, at least there's something. They're not going to go home completely empty-handed. Uh, let's get to number two. The all ACC teams came out today. Peyton Wilson, not on it. Drake May, player of the year. Wake Forest, not on it. Yeah. Duke, three on it. Go Mm -hmm. ahead. I was about to say, yeah, that's surprised that Wake had nothing. Wake had none. So so there's there's kind of a reaction for each. Um, Peyton Wilson, I believe, is the biggest snub. Right? I, I, I think he is the individual that can most realistically, not saying that everybody not on the list won't do this, but the one who can most deservedly do this is talk about the chip on the shoulder, right? Can put the all ACC list up in their locker and use it as motivation before every game. Now, I guarantee you a lot of players are going to use that as motivation, even ones that are like, you know, not big-time recruits and didn't have great seasons last year. They're still going to... Athletes have a funny way of turning like logical takes into to slights that turn into motivation, that turn into chips on the shoulder. But to me, Peyton Wilson, it's legit, right? If you've had the career that he has had at NC State, if you have had the production, if you have put together the big plays that he has put together, um, I think you have a a kind of rightful take on um, – you have kind of a rightful take on your territory on an all-ACC preseason team. Now, obviously, they held the injuries that he's battled against him. But, you know, motivation to, I guess, stay healthy and and have a huge season this year. Uh, I'll I'll put it like this. One of my favorite sayings is, and and, or one of my favorite outlooks, right? Because um, in college, I was a walk-on. I don't know if I've said that yet. I was a preferred walk-on. And, right, so every year signing day comes around, and everybody has these cool signing day ceremonies, right? They all have hats in front of them, and they're, Ooh, which one am I going to take? I'm going to yeah. take this one. No, this one. Oh, look at that. Gotcha. Actually, mom, take your hoodie off. And then mom takes off the hoodie and he's got a T-shirt that says, like, stay tuned. Tomorrow we're going to announce. And then tomorrow they come out with, a, like, a tattoo of the school they're committed to. Nice. Uh, it, it, it's these big productions. And I'm always going, like, hmm, interesting, right? Because I never got that. And I was bitter at the time about that. But here's the, uh, here's the saying that I latched on to. It's not about the support, the applause, the, the fanfare on signing day. It's about the support, applause, the fanfare on senior day, right? If you have, if, if the, the most a college football fan base gets to celebrate you is on signing day, your career was not a great career. However, if you had absolutely no applause on signing day, but the loudest cheer on senior day, that means you did something worthwhile during your career. So I, I'll tell Peyton Wilson this. It's not about the preseason All-ACC list. It's about the postseason All-ACC list. Yeah. Right? Go go prove yourself in that way. Stay healthy. Have a great season. I think everyone is expecting you to be on that list. Uh, Drake May, if there's a, a chip on his shoulder, it's that the margin of victory in ACC player of the year wasn't as big as it should be. But I, I think we're kind of grasping at straws there on um, – kind of grasping at straws there as far as chips on the shoulder. Uh, Wake Forest, I think that's a legitimate gripe also. Although maybe less on any one player. Could be Donovan Green, could be a few others. Uh, they don't have anyone on the All-ACC list. 
No selections. That's rough for a team that is not, you know, picked dead last. That'd be Virginia. Not picked in the dead last four or five, right? Schools. You're, you're kind of a middle-of-the-road team, which indicates you have somebody that should be on the list, and you don't have them. So uh, Wake Forest has a legitimate gripe there. Uh, for more of those reactions, by the way, we did do a, a much longer conversation on the ACC, all ACC preseason lists earlier in the show, and it should be up on our uh, our YouTube fairly fairly shortly if it's not already. So check it out at 99.9 The Fan. Let's get to number one of the starting five. The one! The number one of the starting five is a visitor. We have our, uh, our friend of the program here, uh, Brian Murphy, WRAL investigative sports reporter. And, um, well... His his tweet was actually the first that I saw from um, on on Twitter or on X I should say uh, about the Florida State comments today from their board of trustees and their president uh, and and they are quite impactful to read. Uh, Brian, thank you very much for for taking the time to to jump on the show. Um, were you as surprised as maybe the the world is that Florida State kind of said the quiet part out loud and they are indicating that they are exploring leaving the ACC? Yeah, thanks for having me, Tim. Um, congrats on the show. I, oh, thank you. I'm not that I'm not that surprised. I mean, the, the, there was a sense that this board meeting was going to be explosive, um, which is why I tuned into a YouTube recording of the <laughs> of the Florida State Board of Trustees meeting. Not something I do normally. Um, and yeah, they did not, you know, the president of the board yesterday told War Chant, which is, you know, Florida State specific site down there, mm-hmm. that the grant of rights is not going to keep them in the ACC. And I was like, whoa. Um, but to hear the president of the university basically come out and say, you know, Florida State will have to consider various seriously leaving the ACC in a public forum is, is not something that really happens. I mean, USC and, and UCLA, Texas and Oklahoma, all that stuff was very quiet. That, to have a school president uh, you know, in a, in a national forum, just say, we're looking at leaving um, as soon as possible um, was, was kind of shocking. The the most shocking of the comments that, that I've come across comes from uh, Drew Weatherford, who's a member of the school's board of trustees, and he's also a, a former quarterback. So maybe the, the former player got a little emotional or, or, or ahead of himself. But, I mean, it's not a matter of if we leave, in my opinion. It's a matter of how and when we leave is, is what Weatherford was quoted as. Does – like, is – do they have that kind of kind of unstoppable force uh, ability to just say this is what we want and even if there's not a direct path, we're going to get it? Yeah, the first part of that quote that, – that quote is completely accurate. But the first part was unless something drastic changes on the revenue side at the ACC. I mean, some of this could be seen as like – just more turning of the screws by, by Florida State saying to, to whether it's ESPN or the ACC saying, hey, look, we need more money. We've got to compete with Florida and you know Georgia and Alabama. Those are all in our neighborhood, and we need more money to be able to do that. ESPN, ACC, what you got? Um, they've tried this a couple times, and in the spring they got this unequal revenue distribution you know, based on on-field success. That doesn't seem to be, have satisfied Florida State. Uh, the, the way they're talking is we're out of here the first opportunity we can get. I mean, there was a lot of reference to an August 15th deadline to, I guess, alert the ACC that they're leaving next year. Doesn't sound like that's going to be reached. And so they might be looking at, at next August 15th. But again, I still have the question of what are you going to do about the grant of rights and where are you going to go? Um, th- those are two big questions that, that were left unanswered. 
Brian Murphy, WRAL sports investigative reporter, connecting with us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline, talking about the the explosive comments coming from uh, Florida State Board of Trustees and, and, and their president involving their relationship or, or future in the ACC. Um, the, it, if this is the threat, right, and they want the the you know non equal distribution of, of of cash to be bigger than than the ACC's already agreed to. Do you see this being something that, or do you get the 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 vibe that this is something that Florida State can bully the rest of the ACC into to giving them? I don't think there's I don't think there's enough money. I, mm. I like I mean you're not going to reduce Wake Forest to zero dollars. <laughs> you know you're not going to reduce Syracuse to zero dollars. I just don't think there's simply enough money to satisfy Florida State because as soon as Florida State gets their sixty million or whatever. Then Clemson's going to be, you know, knocking on the door. Then UNC is going to be knocking at the door. Um, I don't think there's. I just, I'm not sure there's enough money there without the ACC going back to ESPN and getting a, you know, hundred million dollars more or two hundred million dollars more. I, I, and and I'm, that seems unlikely given ESPN's financial situation, and given, you know, given the ACC's sort of place in the college football world. It, that was going to be my next question. Is there any motivation? for ESPN to appease this situation to save essentially the ACC if they do see Florida State coming for, you know, a, some kind of a, a death blow? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that might that might be the one thing that saves the ACC. ESPN needs programming, and they need good programming. And Fox and, you know, through the Big Ten is gobbling up a lot of programs. I mean, they've just got USC and they just got UCLA. Now there's talk that they're going to go get Oregon and Washington. Um, if they suddenly were to take, say, Florida State and Clemson, like what does ESPN really have left? I mean, of course they have the SEC and there's great brands there, but but they, I'm not sure ESPN wants to only have one region of the country, and and I'm not sure they want Fox to have access to Florida State and Clemson and Ohio State and Michigan and Oregon and Washington and U, USC and UCLA and, and Penn State and ESPN will never have those teams on. I mean. That's the deal they cut. Big Ten is on is on Fox. It's on CBS. It's on NBC. It will. It's not going to be on ABC, and it's not going to be on ESPN. So I think the hope for the ACC, and maybe this is part of Florida State's thinking, is, hey ESPN, like we can go to Fox too. Like you, like this is less about ACC versus SEC or ACC versus Big Ten. This is now Fox versus ESPN, and who's going to have you know the rights to college football. Brian Murphy, that's the voice you hear, WRAL Sports Investigative Reporter. The the other ACC teams that aren't Florida State, uh, whether they're in the Magnificent Seven or not, are 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 they following footsteps? Are they mad at Florida State? How do you see? Do they have to respond? Will they stay quiet? Like, what's the next step for the non-Florida State Atlantic Coast Conference teams? I mean, that to me is one of the more interesting parts of this. Like, where is Clemson? Where is UNC? <laughs> I, I think those are probably and, – and maybe where is Miami? Are they are they kind of letting Florida State, you know, lead the way and take all the bullets and they're following right behind? Or are they content – you know, you've heard Bubba Cunningham has talked a lot about this. Like, he want you know, North Carolina is the ACC. Like, it wouldn't – it's not it, – it would be his preference that the ACC survive and thrive. Um so I, I think Florida State's out front on this, but I think there's several schools, you know, maybe three, maybe four, maybe five, watching very closely. And like, if you're going to leave, then that might we might see what we saw in, in the Pac-12, right? The first school goes, or the first two schools go, and then 
the schools with options really have to make a decision at that point. Uh, Brian Murphy, WRAL investigative reporter. And, Brian, thank you uh, for taking the time once again. I know there's there's a lot going on, so uh, this will be the last one. Uh, could could Florida State, right, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think just like everybody else on, you know, if this grant of rights, this media rights deal was so, like, stone cold, airtight a couple of weeks ago, what could possibly change? Could Could Florida State go what I'm calling full James Harden and just be – like, all right, fine, if you're not going to let me leave, if you're not going to trade me, I'm just going to make life miserable and I'm going to be out of shape and I'm going to be uh, disruptive and, and I'm, I'm just I'm, – I'm not, you're not going to want me in your conference after I'm done with it? Like, is there – is this the start of Florida State becoming the squeakiest of squeaky wheels to get what they want? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the one difference with Harden is they've still got to go out on the field and do it because that's what makes them attractive to the other conferences. Mm. And that's what brings in more money for them. Um, but I guess I, I mean, that's a heck of a strategy for 13 years to be the, <laughs> to be the squeaky wheel. Like, I mean, that's, you're going to burn a lot of bridges that way. Yeah. I mean, I the argument I mean, would be like after I, three years, the ACC would say, fine, you're so miserable to be around. Get the heck out of here. Which, <laughs> which I, I mean, it like it, it's, I'm at a loss because no one has been able to tell me how a team gets out. So with 13 years left, Florida state saying, you know, hey, in the next 12 months, we need a plan. I, I'm just trying to find the plan. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly this has been their plan, right? Agitate. This is what, what led to, you know, the spring meetings being so contentious with Florida State. Now, Florida, you're right before the season. This comes a week after Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, was like, I'm bullish about our future together. <laughs> um, the conference is strong. You know, you knew some of that was just, you know, politician speak, but I didn't realize that a week later, you know, two weeks later, Florida State would be like, we're out of here. Um, I'm still interested in exactly how and and when they're going to be able to get out. But, but yeah, this, I mean, this is, to your point, this would become untenable if this, if this continues and persists. Brian, we'll continue to follow along. Uh, appreciate you for stopping by. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Once again, that is Brian Murphy, WRAL investigative reporter. You can follow him on Twitter at Murph's Turf. Uh, that's Murphs spelled M-U-R-P-H-S, and then Turf, T-U-R-P-H. So it's a little, little rhyme action there, spelling action there. I don't know if I'm all ready to the the sad, the no, sad boys here. to men. It's here. I don't know if I'm all ready to the like the the boys to men in a carton of ice cream yet. I'm not. I'm, I don't. I, I don't want to be there yet. But Florida, no. we're going to two roosters after the show. Florida, we're getting ice cream. Florida State has uh, – they've at least put the the possibility out there. They've planted the seed out mm-hmm. there that we're going to be listening to some sad boys to men. Do you think Big East diehard fans ever throw in some sad boys to men and remember what it was like to have big-time college football coming through your conference? Yeah. I don't know. There's such a, there's such a basketball conference. Yeah, but for a while they had you know Virginia Tech, Miami, Boston College, they, they, they had West some, Virginia, WVU. West Virginia. Yeah, they had some. They did. Feels like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. Feels like a long, 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 long time ago. Uh, Florida State, if you're just tuning in, their trustees and their presidents, or their president, uh, are are vocalizing some things that we hadn't heard yet publicly with names attached. They want out of Florida State, or sorry, of the ACC. 
One trustee even going as far as saying it's not a question of if we leave, but when and how. Brett McMurphy of, uh, of Action Network quotes FSU trustee Justin Roth saying this, a solution under current TV deal, very unlikely, leads us to what's next. The alternative for us staying in this conference for the next 13 years is death by a thousand cuts. Waiting is not the answer. End of quote, although McMurphy did add that uh, Roth also said that Florida State needs an exit plan in the next 12 months. That is the tough part for me. That is the part we still don't have an answer to. And and I'll I'll use a kind of a second to this, this wonder. Uh, David Hale, who covers college sports in the ACC for ESPN, said Florida State is, is saying publicly what other schools are saying privately. But no one has a foolproof solution to the very obvious problem. You know what that very obvious problem is? How do you get out of the seemingly lead pipe, stone cold, locked up media grant of rights deal that you signed as a part of the ACC that that locks you in till 2036? Do you know who's the biggest winner of all of this? And I and I kid you not, the biggest winner is not a team, it's not a player, it's not a coach, it's not the Pac-12. Jim Phillips. Not not even Jim Phillips. Oh, okay. It's whatever law firm the ACC and ESPN contracted to draw up the contract that locks all of these teams into their media rights. That would, that should be, you know, when you're, you're driving on the highway and they have those lawyer uh, billboards, right? Somebody in a suit with their arms crossed, smiling, looking at you. And it says something along the lines of like, you know, have you ever been in a car accident? Call this, this number. Saul Goodman. Saul Goodman. Good reference. It took me a while. I thought I was like Saul Goodman. Where do I know that from? Uh, better call him. Um, the the that whole uh, whatever that law firm it is that drew up the the grant of rights deal for the ACC should put a billboard up that says, "You want us to eliminate loopholes in your business? We drew up the ACC grant of rights deal." Right. Out of the FSU Board of Trustees. Probably has a few people that know their way around a contract and know their way around a boardroom and know their way around mergers and 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 different you know legalese. Guess what? They haven't been able to get through our contract yet. Uh, call us at whatever five five five. We write good contracts. That's the that's the big question now, right? Because Florida State, right up until this point, up until today. Up until we heard the quotes that have come out of the mouths of the president of Florida State and the board of trustees for Florida State, there's been two questions. Does a team that matters want to leave? That's question one. And then can they? Those are the two questions, right? Because if nobody wants to leave, it doesn't matter if there's a a, a trap door in the contract, right? If they don't want to leave, they'll stay. And then once they want to leave... Now it's do they have the trap door to get out? How do they pull the 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 move off? So one of those questions was answered today. Florida State wants out. If you believe Florida State talking about Florida State. If you believe the Florida State trustees talking about Florida State, they want out and they think they need to get out of the ACC. Now it's can they? And, and the 
in a large part, the the future of, I mean, not just the ACC, but break it down to individual teams, the future of Carolina, State, Duke, the future of Miami, the future of Clemson, the future of Boston College, like we can go all the way down the list. The future of those individual schools is now tied to can Florida State wiggle their way out? Right, they, f- they feel like they need a plan out of the ACC within the next 12 months. If they can find that plan, if they can find that that route, the 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 path out of the ACC, well, you got to decide if you want to follow that path. Or do you want to look around and try to convince everybody now that they know there is a path out to stay? Because that's, I mean, it, it, it's, it's high stakes time now, right? You make a, you make one wrong step, you end up in the the sun belt. You make one right step, you either end up in a healthier and stronger ACC, or you end up in the SEC or the Big Ten. Those those might be the best options. But but remember, I mean, I can recall. I mean, I'm in my early 30s. That's what I like to say. Uh, Show off. I can remember. So everyone that's that's older than me, I know you can remember, mm-hmm. Dennis. Ha uh, ha. <laughs> uh, I can remember when the Big East had football. I can remember when the yeah. Pac-12 had USC winning national championships seemingly every year. I remember when Oregon was in the national championship. I remember when when uh, Washington was in the college football playoff. Like I remember when some of these conferences that are now very much hanging on by a thread were powerhouses, right? So it's not impossible for a a once-powerful conference to make a couple wrong steps and find themselves in a very tough spot. If you would have told me back when, when, you know, Oregon had Chip Kelly, and I don't know if they ever overlapped, but USC had had Pete Carroll, right? When when that was happening in the Pac-12, if you would have told me this conference is going to be a real gut punch when they lose Colorado, I would have looked at you and said, you're crazy. Yeah. So just know it can happen. It absolutely can happen. 